0: The death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, in the United States of America, has laid bare again the injustice and the oppression of Afro-American, of black Americans in particular. The 46-year-old who's been shown in viral footage, being kneeled upon the knee of an officer who's arresting him, some sort of uh, allegation of criminality. His death on a street has sparked rioting in America and raised this question again. And we are being offered many thoughts and ideas about this. But we need to look a little bit deeper about the history, about the problems that black people in America have faced. This is not new. The death of Eric Garner in New York a few years ago when he was in a chokehold and dying brings back awful memories. Police officers shooting uh, black uh, people suspected of crimes or otherwise, again, unknown. The prejudice against black people in the justice system and in all walks of life, whatever metric you use, pretty much always come back with the same result. Why is this? And what do we need to do about it? How do we stop it? Well, the suffering of black people did not start in this decade, in the beginning of this century. You have to go back to the colonial projects four 500 years ago, when Europe, as it was coming to its enlightenment, began to look for the new world. People like Columbus and so on, who were celebrated as heroes, started the process of colonialism and colonization. And then with the slave trade, where in the millions, hundreds of thousands, black, People from Africa were kidnapped and sold into slavery via Europe, into the Caribbean and the USA. And then we had a war of independence. And people like Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison or George Washington, who were all slave owners from amongst the founding fathers, didn't like the exploitation of the king of England or the United Kingdom and decided... They wanted to break free. So what did they do? They drafted a constitution. This constitution basically continued with slavery. So there was no change. They had, many of them had many hundreds of slaves. The three I've mentioned certainly did. You will say, well, look, what about Abraham Lincoln? He abolished slavery. Sure, the civil war in uh, the 1860s in America the point there was that federal law was not being observed the issue was slavery the point was federal law over state law state rights over federal rights ultimately the confederate states of the south were defeated but tell me over 100 years from then american black americans were free to die for america but could not sit in the same buses next to white people could not go to the same school, could could not go to the same schools could not go and eat in the same restaurants and so on. The prejudice, the discrimination was so clear, so obvious. And Muhammad Ali famously refused to go. He said, no, Viet Cong, I think, words to that effect ever called him the N-word or something along those lines. He said, why should I go? I'm being oppressed here. People like Malcolm X and so on, we know the history. And so the history of oppression of black people in particular and latterly Latin American and Hispanics it's something which is systemic, as one of the placards I saw from a, a young Afro-Caribbean man who said, how can I turn to a system which was never designed to protect me in Minneapolis in the recent days, summed it up nicely. So whatever metric you use, whether it's healthcare, education, opportunity, s- historically structural racism, systemic racism has affected people of color, black people. And so when we look at this, how do we understand this? Many people will tell you all white people are to blame for this because it's whiteness. There are things like critical race theory, which have no Islamic input in them. Rather, they have analysed and assessed this history and then come out with their own un-Islamic based theories. Islam hasn't got any input in them and they're not the correct basis to look at this. Of course, it's information. What is not from the Islamic jurisprudence, not based upon Islamic principles, is information. And whatever is of, consistent with Islam, like our ulama historically did, they took. But we do not take the right and wrong, halal and haram, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, based upon a premise, a framework, a reference point, which has no input from Islam whatsoever. So many people blame all white people. Is that correct? Is this right? Let's look at a few other examples before we come to conclusions about this. How did the Europeans treat the native, the real Americans? Over the centuries, they were annihilated. The beneficiaries of disease from European settlement. Look at the Inuits in Canada. Again, the victims of European colonialism and a superiority complex. We look at what happened to the Aborigines in Australia into the last century. Look at how they were decimated. The Maoris in New Zealand so it's not a one-off there is a clear pattern and the pattern is an enlightened a democratic europe and then america perpetrated these atrocities in the name of benefit in the name of a superiority of culture where people who are not white were subjected to this but not every white person carries this sin the concept of original sin a doctrine of christianity is not something islam endorses sure Most white people would have indirectly benefited and many directly from colonialism and from racism. But it was the political system, the legal system that allowed, encouraged and implemented the whole process of colonialism, segregation and apartheid, which America has been certainly since even the American Civil War. And many will tell you it still exists. And let's look at some other examples. Would we say all Arabs are racist even though there is a prejudice among, against non-Arabs in many parts of the Middle East? There was a recent rant by some ignorant Arab on media how Egyptians and other Arabs are superior to Bengalis and Pakistanis and so on. No, but the system in the Middle Eastern countries is one which has encouraged it and perpetrated it. So the rulers, those who implement it, those that enforce it, those that support it, you could blame but the majority of Arab Muslims are not or non-Arab, uh, non-Muslim even Arabs are not racists. I've lived in the Middle East, I've travelled, I have friends, my own uncle has lived there and his kafil has treated him like his own son. So this is something we have to understand. In India, Muslims are being targeted and have been targeted in places like Kashmir and across India for decades. In particular, it's come to the fore recently with the BJP government. But are all Hindus to blame for this slaughter? No, that will be lazy, lacking intellectual rig- rigor, and quite frankly, dishonest. Many Hindus are supporting Muslims, but the system has allowed it, and the system continues to allow it, albeit it's far worse now than it was before. It's a systemic problem. It's a democratic state. It's a secular state. It's a capitalist state. Look at China and the oppression of Muslims in China. This is something which we can see clearly, but would you blame every Chinese person as being uh, anti-Muslim? That would be wrong too. Don't forget Chairman Mao in the Cultural Revolution, they killed hundreds of thousands of Chinese. They were not Muslim. It is a political uh, objective that they drive. Of course, Islam and Muslims are being targeted in China at a political level. So when we look at all of these things, the concept of race as a basis or the concept of faith or any other characteristic used uh, which uh, is a basis for oppression and dhulm is something that islam does not endorse or accept so the problem has has been and is a political ideological problem not one based upon color which deflects attention from the real source of the problem and in this context it's very important to reflect on a few ayat and hadith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in rum funnily enough Mentions <inaudible> Verily among his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth and the difference of your languages and colours, verily in that indeed a signs for men, human beings of sound knowledge. It is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's signs that we have different colors, different languages, that and he created us this way. We're all descendants of Adam alayhi salam. And in this context, in al Hujarat, after Fathal Makkah, many of the Arab Quraysh who began to say horrible things about Bilal radiyallahu an when he was selected to give the Adhan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then revealed the ayah. يَا Min O oh mankind, we have created you from a male and a female, Adam al al hawa alayhi salam, and made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another. Verily, the most honorable of you with Allah is the one who has taqwa, who has understanding, answering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for any oppression or ظلم they will do. And verily, Allah is all all aware. So, from the islamic perspective islam not only legally destroyed it but practically by way of illustration destroyed these concepts and we see in islamic history how the concept of racism at a legal level at a political level was dealt with and prejudice and again with regard to the oppression of muslims for example even in the apartheid state of israel the similar thing against arabs and particularly muslims It is no different to apartheid in south africa or the sort of apartheid you've had in america allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of addressing the and how the prophet said he would be a witness against people who harm the non-muslims living under islam who are citizens of the islamic state of the khilafah in history and i'm not going to look at it through rose-tinted spectacles there were bad incidents and bad rulers in islamic history but compare the history of islam over 1300 years when it ruled politically and contrasted to any other system of ruling and governance whether it's the communist system in the last century and continuing with china or the capitalists in this century you find there is no comparison in between the two yes there were injustices under bad muslim rulers for sure there were we have to be honest and objective about this but what we don't do is turn to things like critical race theory when we look at racism Or we look at CVE, countering violent extremism, which the Western countries have used, and now it's a global phenomena, prevent policies in the UK, view all Muslims and Islam from the perspective of suspicion. This is no different to CRT, which effectively nowadays views all white people as being somehow responsible for the ills which have been visited by a system which was for sure implemented by white people. The issue is one of political values and political belief and political ideology, which enabled, encouraged and allowed to do that, which enables encourages and allows the oppression in China, in India, in Israel, any other parts of the world against people who are not deemed to be equal. If there are bad Muslims, there are good Muslims. If they're bad non Muslims, they're good non Muslims from the perspective of worldly thinking. We have to be honest and accept that. And therefore let's not deflect from these issues. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, in Surah Ibrahim, when we look at these things, why did Islam come? The three uh, letters Alif Lam Ra this is a book we have revealed unto you O Rasulullah that you may take humanity from the darknesses, which is all which is not Islam to ilan nur the light of Islam i.e this is how you deal with the concept of oppression and racism is oppression. Persecuting minority religious bi- communities is oppression. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said he would be a witness against people who harmed al Dhimma. When Umar ibn al Khattab was dying, and he's well, a long hadith which is narrated, I think, in the collection of Muhammad Bukhari, he said, Be good to al Dhimma, don't tax them and, harshly and protect them. And there are many a hadith, just to conclude, Rasululullah said, in a hadith reported in the collection of Imam Ahmad, O people, your Lord is one, and your father Adam is one. There is no favor of an Arab over a foreigner or a foreigner over an Arab. Because there is some prejudice against Arabs. You hear that as well amongst uh, non-Arab Muslims. That does not mean the majority of uh, non-Arab Muslims are uh, racist against Arabs, but it does exist. But the systems I've got to deal with it. So the Prophet ﷺ is reminding us another white skin over black skin or black skin over white skin. There's a lot of emphasis except by righteousness. Have I not delivered the message? This is something which is delivered on the, the last, uh, the, uh, the Hajj when the Prophet ﷺ delivered this message. And Allah said in a, another hadith, where he said, no one is better than anyone else except by religion or good deeds. It is enough for evil, from profane or vulgar or greedy or cowardly person. Profanity, vulgarity and greed. Greed is what drove the colonialism and the projects of these uh, slave trade and so on. And in conclusion, Rasulullah said in another hadith report in the collection of Abu Da'ud, he is not one of us who calls to tribalism, things like nationalism and racism and so on. He is not the one who fights for such a thing as this. And Muhammad Ali famously refused to fight for American nationalism in Vietnam. He is not one of us who dies following the way of these things. So as Muslims, alhamdulillah, we look at this problem and we analyze whatever people offer us, things like CRT, or other ideas, and we understand the nature of the problem, look at the theories and the ideas people are giving us to deal with these problems, to solve these problems, and then we subject them to the Islamic principles, the Islamic rules, the Islamic norms, because the deen of Islam is a comprehensive way of dealing with problems, with ideas, with thoughts, and it is not lacking. I, you, or many of us may not have the answers to a a specific issue or problem, clearly, but the, the concept of Islam... So the ideas of Islam, the principles of Islam address all aspects. How to deal with racism, how to deal with prejudice, how to protect minorities, how best to eliminate problems at a systems level. Of course, you will never eliminate racism amongst Muslims or non-Muslims. There are good and bad human beings on this planet, just as there are good and bad Muslims. And we don't promise the world utopia. Because we know famously... In Medina, when Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi was asked to deal with an incident when Abu Dhar al-Ghifari attacked or insulted Abu, uh, sorry, Bilal radiyallahu an, and mentioned his mother being black. And the Prophet Sallallahu harshly rebuked him. And these were the greatest human beings who made mistakes. Mistakes will be made. But at a systems level, at the top end, zulumat is all injustice. And injustices can be many. A nur guidance, the deen of Islam is one. It is the best. That is not to say that Muslims are perfect, but when mistakes are made, they have to be corrected and dealt with in a way which achieves the justice for all of humanity. Because ultimately we will all return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Umar ibn Khattab was so worried. He would say that if an animal is harmed. Umar ibn Khattab will be accounted for on Yom Al-Qiyamah. And when human beings are being harmed the world over, subhanAllah, look at what's going on. So as Muslims, we carry this responsibility and we must discharge it by enjoining the Ma'ruf and forbidding the Munkar, and calling to the correct answers and correct thoughts. Jazakum As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa ta'ala barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Seerah are available at islampodcasts.com